everybody it is tuesday june 1st and 4 p.m so that means it's time for the monster maverick show and i realized i actually have to say the date at the beginning of each uh show because when i go back into the recordings i gotta figure out what's what <laughs> so uh yeah today today's june 1st it's amazing we are into the summer months and just about halfway through the year already and it has been you know it's been a crazy year 2020 was crazy too but you know eh, well i won't get into all that because this show is about splinterlands and i am your host neil you know number one whale excluding aggro because he doesn't count and i'm going to be doing some some whaleish kind of stuff here on the show which will be a nice little preview for you but uh, yeah i'm you know i got a i got a bunch of cards and i run along with gerber deck 101 deck 404 deck 101 is a service where split toshis that's right rondon Splintoshis. Deck 101, if you're looking to sell your cards quickly and easily, just send a card to Deck 101. You get 101% of the DEC burn value. Deck 404 is where you're, you know, if you have some cards that are sitting there idle and you want to put them to work and, and you know, playing the game, then we can get that done for you, whether through a, a human player or, or through a computer player. And, you know, you earn your DEC that way. So just, you know, putting those idle assets to work. So, you know, it's interesting. That whole business is actually probably going to change dramatically uh, over the next year because, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard, there's this whole lands thing that's coming out and it is going to be a major expansion and the, it's going to make it possible for you to, for you to stake your idle cards onto lands plots in, you know to work and to increase production of those plots so I, as a result what i think is going to happen is the rental market is going to expand a lot because there's you know obviously some people are going to have cards and lands but a lot of people are going to have one or the other so you know by by bringing those two parties together you know at an agreed upon rate i think it's going to be uh, a lot of a lot of transactions happening there but that's not why you tuned in this week because this week we got our super secret announcement from Yabba and, uh, and Agrod and, and I guess the rest of the team too. But we got Garden's Tokens, which I'm, I'm super excited about, honestly. And there were some special AMAs that was held last week on, on Thursday. But for those, for anybody who missed the updates, let me see if I can find the post. Normally I would have all this queued up, but you know, I'm, I'm not that good a host. So we're going to hit the SPS post and we're also going to talk about the the airdrop card and why did this open in the wrong window that is what i want to know i have so many browsers open because of you know when i when i broadcast the show there i have to have different things open so that you can see different things on the overlay but and this and obs is not the greatest at picking up all those things all right so we got it and you know if you are looking to watch the streams those are the links right there, mspwaves.com, vim, theta, and you can just click those links and, and watch the screen. Because, you know, I actually do a fair amount with the with the video. So, announcing Splinter Shards, SPS, the Splinterlands Governance Token. And a little bit of intro, you know, talking about the game's three years old. The past three years, players have won $250,000 with the tournament prizes earned 1.7 billion DEC, uh, sold about $4 million worth of cards, you know, peer-to-peer, -peer, all that great stuff. There's some lore, which, you know, I'm going to skip for right now. But here is the tokens, token details, supply, and distribution. So here's the important thing. One is that this whole thing is operating primarily on Binance Smart Chain. And that is actually a great thing to grow beyond the Hive ecosystem. And during, during the AMA special last week, you know, I made a comment that, that Yeva was bringing the heat because one of the things he mentioned was that by expanding to Binance Smart Chain, which is, you know, an Ethereum, you know, an EVM, Ethereum Virtual Machine, I think is what it stands for. You know, it, it brings it into the wider crypto community, which is incredibly important as far as exposure and as far as, you know, outside investors looking at the project. Because, you know, we, we have to call a spade a spade. The Hive blockchain is great and all from a technical perspective, but has no adoption uh, in the wider world. So, at least on a relative basis. So, by putting the governance tokens on Binance Smart Chain, we're saying, okay, the game partially lives on Binance Smart Chain. And that allows the team to attract those larger players into the market. 
And the thing that caught me uh, a little bit off guard was that Yabo was saying that uh, they want to bring some of the attention that's coming into NFTs, into blockchain gaming, that has been going to much worse projects or much worse games and, you know, bring some of that into Splinterlands. Because Splinterlands has done well over the, over the last, you know, six months, but has not done as well as other blockchain games that are notably worse as far as, you know, you know history and project and, you know, just having a game at all. <laughs> like, a, there are a lot of blockchain games, quote-unquote, out there that are really, it's a really stretch to call them a game at all because they are just don't have much functionality, but they have the token exposure and they have the 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 investor connections to, to make everything work. So by by going off Hive Hive and onto Binance Smart Chain, we tap into that kind of that kind of appeal. So I think great move on moving everything to BSC. Now I know a lot of old Hiveans have problems with with Binance because of the the whole forking issue. But you know you gotta you gotta take the market where it's at, you know. <laughs> Crim says get the eyes wherever you can find the eyes. Exactly. So, so yeah, so the whole thing is going to be operating on, on Binance Smart Chain. And there's going to be oracles that are interfacing between Splinterlands on Hive and the SPS smart contracts on Binance Smart Chain. So we'll get into the, how the oracles thing is going to work here in just a second. But the, the functionality is going to, be, going to be very interesting. So there's going to be all these SPS tokens. You can, you can stake them. You can, and then as when you stake them, you can stake them on players in order to earn some of the some of the inflation that is going to be fed to battle winners. You can vote on governance proposals. You can you can provide liquidity in the in the liquidity pools. You can operate an oracle, and so there's this whole there's this table here, saying that the what is it three billion three trillion? It's three billion. One two three yeah. 3 billion tokens are going to be allocated according to this schedule. So airdrop, foundation slash DAO, private sale, team, partners and advisors, play to earn, staking LP, Oracle rewards. So, I mean, there, there's a lot to, to unpack here. I think I'm just going to, just going to hit the highlights really. So the airdrop is going to be a year long airdrop of 400 million SPS. And I made a little calculator which again this is probably a thing i should have ready to go but i don't i made a calculator where you can calculate however much airdrop points you are getting based on your assets and i will drop that link here not like i had a bookmark or anything let's share that share come on come on google all right, so you put in your collection power, your DEC, your untamed packs, and whatever else you got, and you can then figure out how much points you're getting in terms of airdrop weight. <clears throat> so the way the airdrop's going to work is that every day the the, the asset base of the entire the entire ecosystem is going to be weighed, and you know whatever your fraction of the entire player base is going to be is going to be equal to however much you get of that day's inflation which is going to be like 1.1 million sps per day for a year airdrops card holders absolutely uh, so the collection power is is the number to input for your card holdings and if you if you own all your own cards then all you have to do to go to collection power is you go to splinterlands.com hit the cards profile and you can see your power so like here's my account right here and you can see the 9,489,000 collection power. However, if you are renting cards or delegating cards or doing whatever, that number is not accurate because the airdrop is go of the SPS is going to be the going to be going to the owner of that card. So if you, you know, if you have any cards going in or out, then you have to trace those back to Whoever is holding the collection power in ownership stake, and the easiest way to do that is if you go to your if you go to Peak Monsters and you do the bulk view like this, and you there's a filter down on the bottom right, and you clicked owned yes, and then that will 
that will filter all the all the holdings of that account and it'll give you the the DEC value of those of those holdings and that's the collection power number that you need if you're doing any kind of delegating or renting or anything so in my spreadsheet I would put in that number 36,426,062 and that would go in that in that in that cell B2 and that will calculate you know my own points based on whatever my holdings are at that time so from what i understand there's gonna be a snapshot every day and you know because people's holdings change and dec changes and all this kind of stuff so there's gonna be a snapshot every day and you'll figure out however much percent of the total spin the lens universe as far as these things go you own and then you'll get your share of the 1.1 million sps that day so so that is how the airdrop is going to function it's super interesting that so are the tokens in game and then have to be bridged to bsc well the the sps tokens are are going to live on bsc primarily and i guess that's more of a technical question for yana i think i i know some will be in game and some will be on bsc and it's going to depend on how you have them how you have them staked i guess or if they're if they'll all be in on bsc but staked in credit on hive i'm not sure about the technical details but there's a whole white paper you can read about it though in fact here it is let's go to copy link there you go so so the airdrop's going to happen every day which is an interesting incentive mechanic to you know draw out the appeal of the airdrop which i think was very well thought out actually so it's not just everybody gets dumped on or dropped on you know day one it's you know this prolonged prolonged experience play to earn and rewards pools so this is really interesting so new sps tokens will initially be added to the various reward pools at a rate of 37 million 500 tokens per month and will decrease uniformly across all reward pools at a rate of one percent per month meaning that after one year the monthly contribution rate to the reward pools will drop to 33 million uh and after five years it'll drop to 20 million blah 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 these rewards will end after roughly 65 months 1.8 billion SPS tokens in total, and at that point, no more SPS tokens will be created. The initial plan allocation of the 37.5 million monthly reward pool are listed in the table below. So ranked battles, SPS staking rewards, LP incentives, land expansion, Oracle rewards, tournament prizes, guild brawls. So ranked battles is going to function pretty much the same as how the DEC rewards work now, in that you win a match and you get the rewards. However, uh, you're only eligible for that if you have SPS staked on your account. And that that brings a whole other mechanic into the thing, which is which is super interesting. SPS staking rewards, you know, staking SPS into the system. LP incentives, providing liquidity for people to trade. Land expansion, not exactly sure the details on that. Oracle rewards, these are the people running the servers that'll bridge the the binance smart chain functions and the hive blockchain functions tournament prizes are going to be prizes guild brawls will be prizes so the the ranked battles you know i i had this realization i think on on sunday where one of the issues with the whole splinterlands ecosystem is multi-accounting and i'm just as as guilty as everybody else uh, on that because i have like 70 accounts so with the with the way it was described on the, on the on the ama the there's going to be basically an, an optimization curve as far as staking sps on each individual player because the better it, like if, if i'm just an owner of sps and i want to make as much sps as possible i want my sps to be staked on the number one player in the game which is you know so this past season that just ended bubkey and, and yasik w tied for number one in champion so they're objectively at least for last season are the two best players in the game so but so the way the mechanic is is being designed from what i understand is that up to a certain point yes it will be best to stake on the number one player but there will be diminishing returns so it could be and it will be the fact that the you know you're you're better off going with lower uh, lower ranked players in terms of yield per sps because of that diminishing return factor so so that that you know it, it incentivizes distribution amongst the top players as far as being the recipients of those staked sps but it also rewards concentration to the degree that you know if if you're like me and you have 70 accounts it, it doesn't make sense to spread out the sps on all 70 of those and uh, yeah so yeah the same tokens can be held either in-game or on bsc and will be able to be bridged between the two tokens from the airdrop or from in-game reward pools 
will be credited to your game account. Okay, that makes sense. And then if you want to trade them, then you take them over to BSC and do whatever. So kind of similar to how DEC is working with Cub DeFi. You just bridge it and then, you know, sell or do whatever you want to do with it. So so that that whole mechanic, that creating that dynamic balance between wanting to st stake everything on the top players, but being forced down the list through the diminishing returns, and you know still wanting to concentrate as much as possible that that tension creates an incentive for people to stake on as few accounts as is realistically possible and that means that the owners of of lots of accounts are not going to be rewarded for having those in the multiple accounts uh, so it's a very interesting way that whole thing's going to work out so and a lot of it's going to depend on what the actual numbers end up being as far as how many coins are or how many SPS are, are staked on each of the various players and what the returns of those are. So if it ends up being that the top thousand players end up getting staked for SPS, then, you know, the incentive to move away from multi-accounting drops. But if they are, if it's the top hundred players, then there, you know, there are uh, few enough, or so there, if it's the top 100 players, then there are enough other players that the incentive to reduce multi-accounting is there. Apparently I'm cutting off in in audio. It looks fine on my end. I don't have any dropped frames or anything, so I know I'm going to chalk that up to Discord. So yeah, very, very interesting stuff as far as how the SPS staking on players is going to work. Obviously LP incentives, you know, we need a trading market to, to facilitate value creation land expansion well it's going to be something tying in with the lands uh, oracle rewards oracle rewards are pretty interesting you know there was uh, some commentary on that during the ama saying how you know you do want a 24 7 kind of server running these whatever the oracle oracle program is but it's not going to be you know too hard basically so <laughs> if you have a 24-hour kind of system so like you know i've got a couple virtual machines on microsoft's cloud service that i run so, you know, those could potentially be hosts for the Oracle. But, you know, you could do AWS or, or you know, run a, a shell script on droplet, on a droplet in DigitalOcean or, or what have you. But, yeah, so, you know, the more, the more Oracles we have there, the better. And they'll be competing for that 3.75 million SPS per month. Ranked battles, well, you know, I, so I'll just read this just to, it, I kind of went over it already, but staked SPS tokens will not earn any new SPS tokens from the reward pools just simply for being staked, as is the case with many other projects. Instead, SPS tokens must be staked on a particular player in order to earn rewards based on that player's performance. Both the ranked battles pools and the SPS staking rewards pools will work similarly to how the DEC rewards for ranked battles work currently. After every ranked battle, a number of reward shares will be calculated for the winner based on the reward based on the winner's ranked ladder rating, their energy capture rate, and any modifiers such as the use of gold cards, win streak, and guild or other bonuses. The SPS earned from the ranked battles will from ranked battles reward pool will go to the player who won the battle, and the SPS from the SPS staking rewards pool will be divided among all the accounts that staked SPS on the winning player based on their percentage of the total SPS staked for the, on that player, which is kind of a, a mouthful there, but, you know, so let's say, you know, there's a thousand SPS staked on Yasik. Yasik wins. He gets his portion of the SPS winnings, and the people in the thousand SPS get their portion divided up with however much of that thousand that you individually own. So that's kind of the basic idea. The system is designed such that the more SPS tokens that are staked on a player, the more rewards the player and the holders of the SPS tokens SPS tokens staked on them will earn in total, but with diminishing returns for the SPS token stakers. This means that the more SPS tokens that are staked on a player, the lower the return will be per SPS token staked. Therefore, it would not make much sense for everyone to stake their SPS on the top rated player, because after a certain point, it will provide better returns to stake SPS on a lower rated player who does not have as much SPS already staked on them. And because players earn a higher reward for themselves, the more SPS is staked on them, it is always in the player's best interest to try to get as much SPS staked on themselves as possible. The higher their rating, the more they can entice the other SPS holders to stake SPS on them, because it will offer higher rewards for the SPS holders as well. So, so that's, you know, this is a great reward mechanism to get people to climb the ladder as much as they can. And so currently, you know, with the collection power gates between leagues and the, 
the season rewards that have all been converted to EC values now. It's, you know, it's interesting how people who have been sandbagging themselves in order to get season rewards might find it better now to go up to higher level competition. So that's that's all for the good. I think everybody should be trying as much as they can to to get to where they can with their cards and their skill and their time. But the primary utility of the SPS token is governance. And, you know, I just, I was talking about this, I think it was last week, and, you know, I had no idea that this was the big announcement. So <laughs> if you look, if you listen to the past shows, I'll sound like a genius. Because <laughs> I was talking about how governance would be great. And I don't know if you guys can hear my kids screaming in the background, but it's just craziness but so in-game governance is is amazing right this is kind of what i've been talking about for a while so from again from the ama basically every parameter in the game is going to be votable so mana costs abilities you know attack value speed all those kind of things will be will be up for vote if people wanted to change them also people will be able to propose additional governance proposals and you know outside of that system so you know beyond just tweaking the parameters of the game and i think that that we're going to see a lot of very interesting stuff come in you know so i for one am very very bullish is the right word but i would love to see more custom skins or custom skins at all in the in the game and creating functionality between that between like nft showroom and splinterlands to to bring that all together so i would i would love to see a system like that developed but obviously there is there is uh, technology cost in developing that and you know will it be worth the team's time and all that kind of stuff so <laughs> sps equals let's make rusty android an awesome card yeah so maybe you know maybe if maybe if rusty android is a three mana card then it'll be way more attractive and somebody could put in a proposal to to do that if enough people vote to to enable that change then that could change so very, very interesting stuff. You know, my, my hesitation is only, you know, stake weighted voting is difficult because it's so top heavy, right? You know, so, you know, if the number 5 billion air points, airdrop points ends up being the number, that means I'm going to be getting about 1% of the, of the airdrops. So that's a lot, you know, so if I would have a larger vote than just about everybody. There might be one or two exceptions to that, but I'd be, you know, top five, definitely. And, you know, so if me and the other four in the top five get together and, you know, want to vote on something, then it's very difficult for the rest, for the other 95% to come against that. Even though, you know, they have the, they have the total numbers on their side, but, you know, the, the individual engagement of those smaller voters tends to be lower. So it is more likely that the whales will be able to, to have outsized influence even beyond their wellness. So that is something to be mindful of. And that, this is just this is just how stake stake based voting stake weighted voting works. And you know I've been talking a lot about you know the need for like a bicameral legislature of some sort to where you have one where you know t two bodies one that's stake weighted and one that is person weighted. But that's very hard to do in a you know open and permissionless kind of system so i don't really have a solution for that but so stake weighted is better than nothing but i would love to see some kind of representation for you know the minnows in in the ecosystem let's see release schedule is obviously what everybody wants to know token release and airdrop start july 2021 and i'm going to assume that there's going to be some kind of graph showing the amount staked and and people will be able to optimize that yeah, so <laughs> make a quest. Win three games with a rusty android. That'd be awesome. Uh, so that could be a proposal, right? Uh, so yeah, token release airdrop starting July 2021. Bridges between BSC and, and everything, same date. Q3 is gonna, we're gonna start seeing all the incentives and the tournament prizes and the, and the actual implementation into the game as far as, as, far as winnings. And in-game governance Q4, land expansion rewards Q4, because land obviously is also scheduled for Q4. And then BSC contracts, DAOs, oracles, Q1 2022. So a lot of stuff happening over the next, you know, eight months, let's say. But I think this is a great, a great project done by the team. And I think it's going to bring in a lot of new people, which obviously, like I've been saying forever, new users is the name of the game. You know, we have that 
we have that criteria from Ubisoft saying 50,000 daily actives is the beginnings of success. And right now we're at seven ish. So, you know, it's, we got a ways to go, <laughs> but just imagine what the market will be like in, you know, if we seven X the user base and we get from, from seven to 50. So, you know, over the past, I don't know, week packs have been, been flying off the shelves. And as a result, we got our 13th airdrop which is the second to last. We got the Gorlodon. And so I think that leaves the life splinter as being the only one left on the release schedule. But Gorlodon is, is an interesting card. It, it is a death splinter, nine mana, one speed, 12 health with reach, aim true and enrage. So obviously it's going to need high mana matches probably because it's, you know, cost of nine. It's got reach, it's got aim true and slow. So the aim true and being slow is, you know, it's good to have those together. And basically it's a second line tank. It's going to be its kind of default usage, I think. So nice to have, nice to have that in, in the Death Splinter. Currently the Corrupted Pegasus kind of fills that slot because it has the reach and it has the tank heal. So, you know, it's used a lot in that second spot, but this, but Gorlodon might give it a run for its money in uh, higher mana matches. So, you know, it's, it's a good card. I'm happy to to <laughs> have received a bunch. So I ended up getting uh, 38 on the airdrop out of about 3000 packs. And I had to buy an extra eight to round out to the 46 max level. And I combined it and now it's in my, in my playing deck. And so if you haven't claimed your airdrop or if you're new to the whole Splinterlands thing, the way it works is you go to splinterlands.com and then you go to the shop and then you will see on the packs screen you would see a, you were eligible for an airdrop right, right where it says you have 461 packs eligible right there. A pop Pegasus spot three. Yeah, that is likely, Paul. But you know, it's, it's also going to depend on the rule set a lot, you know, so, you know, in a no heal rule set, you don't need Corrupted Pegasus. You know, if it's a melee mayhem where you can attack from anywhere, then you don't, you can do both and put them over, you know? So, you know, it's so much is, is subjective. So here's a proposal, which I'll probably put in when, when that whole thing goes live is in champion league, not diamond league, but in champion league, having three rule sets available, you know, potentially in any given match. So that would be a nice distinction to have between diamond and champion because, you know, everybody's got max level cards in both, but you know, you want to have, you want to have something different between the two leagues. So I think that would be a fun thing to do. And, you know, champions are typically more skilled, at least we like to tell ourselves so, <laughs> therefore can handle the interactions between three different rule sets. But, but yeah, so we got the new airdrop. It was released, uh, I think this morning, right? And, you know, we're already 10,000 packs into the next 100,000. So there's one airdrop left and I'm, I'm pretty sure I was right about the, about it being a life splinter, but let's go ahead and check. So going over to peak monsters, go to untamed epic regulars and let's sort by steam monster ID. So yeah, Beatrix Iron Hand was the first one. Then we got the Fire Mage, Lobstradamus, and Gorlodon. So that just leaves the Life Splinter. And it's important to remember that at, so the next 100,000 will be the final airdrop, even though there's another 100,000 to go in the Untamed set. So there will not be an airdrop once the set sells out. In fact, uh, a couple of us in, in the Discord earlier were, were trying to hassle aggro it a little bit to, to do not not really a useful card but you know something that's just you know fun to have for a final airdrop that would be like you know like zero mana zero, basically like a chicken zero mana zero attack one health and just the, yeah no dragon epic for for these guys we already got the 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 byzantine kitty for the dragon summoner but yeah I, I think it'd be fun just to have like a i don't even know if promotional is the right word but um just saying you know I was part of the untamed airdrops and therefore I got this card. You know, maybe it's not even playable in the game, but I think that would be super fun. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that ends up happening or not. I tend to doubt it. Agrid said that is unlikely. <laughs> but you know, stranger things have happened. We got a governance token out of nowhere. So, you know, strange things do happen. Let's see. But yeah, Lobstradamus has been super great. Definitely one of my favorite new cards. A Gorlodon looks like it's going to be really useful. 
I am a fan of, of this particular airdrop. Goblin Fire Mage, I have not used as much as I thought I would. And just happenstance, I haven't gotten many Earth Quests lately, so I haven't played too much with Beatrix. Just one of those weird trends in the random numbers that people like to, you know, perceive, <laughs> even if they're not real. So yeah, it's it's good times. And you know, I made that market in double up. Double, let's see if I can find it real quick about when Untamed will sell out. So the market is closed in that you can't buy new shares, but you could buy shares from people who already have them. By September 15th, 2021, I'm pretty sure the yeses are gonna win. Now, the sad thing about that is that there's not much money in it because everybody voted yes. Yeah, so there is there is some pal to be made there. But yeah, you know, it's it's good stuff. And if you if you haven't checked out Double Up, you should. It's a lot of fun. People make all kinds of markets on politics and sporting events and you can make them on Splinterlands cards as far as you know predictions of prices or things will sell out or whatever so I promised I promised some whale games at the beginning of the show and what I mean by that is that the 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 expansion of Splinterlands into Binance Smart Chain and the direction that the team is taking the game has has engendered some FOMO in me so I had been talking a little bit about how, oh, you know, should I buy another region or should I not? And the governance token has tipped me over into yes. So I am buying another region. And if you look closely, we have a whole bunch of DEC in here. So it turns out that's, that should be enough. I actually haven't tested it yet. So <laughs> I hope that's the right number, but I made an offer in the buy sell in the buy sell channel saying that, you know, I'll, I'll pay 12 million DEC for a region. If anybody wants to sell as a secondary, as a secondary sale, peer to peer, I got no takers and immediately crypto eater was saying, it's like, Oh, I'll pay more. <laughs> so I was like, well, okay. If he's going to sit there and, and outbid me and I had no takers anyways, then might as well just buy direct from Spinnerlands because well, I don't know why, but I, I tend to think there might be some small benefit to doing it that way, but I could be totally wrong about that. But regardless, didn't get any takers for a deal. So instead I just started buying up uh, DEC uh, for sheep because it was down to like 0.85. It's buying a little bit, buying a little bit, buying a little bit and ended up, you know, I don't know if I single-handedly raised the, raised the price, but you know, it's, it's higher than it was. See that on the on the DEC USD chart. You see that little uptick at the bottom at, on the very right hand side there. That's that's mostly me. <laughs> so let's go to the lands and if we do a region claim, fifteen thousand. Ooh, that's a lot of money. But here we go. So I'm gonna pay with DEC. Actually, I wonder how many we could do. Is there a limit? So no, there isn't a limit. You should probably probably put in a limit there, Yeah, Because <laughs> there's only like 22 plots remaining, or 22 regions remaining. Yeah, 22604. So, let's see that. And then we go to pay with DEC. Purchase confirmation. You'd like to purchase one region claims for 15 million DEC. And I press OK. Dun, da, da, da. So I bought, I was buying like a thousand or I was buying like a million uh, a day for a couple days. And then I bought some off the market, you know, direct from a couple people for about 900 Splintoshis. And then I just bought the rest because I, once, once the, you know, once the FOMO really set in in myself, then it, it really kicked, it really hit me. So now I am two castles, just like Matt Clark, and I need to change my nickname on, on Splinterlands Discord. So yeah, that's uh, one more region gone. And, you know, that, and somebody bought a plot while I was, while I was doing that. So that's kind of amazing. <laughs> but th those are my whale games for the day. So I am now a two region owner. And I was actually thinking about this. It's like, if you have two regions, do you want them side by side to maximize your control over an area? Or do you want them like opposite to you have, you maximize your diversity? With my 38 plots, do I have more than Flesh Golem Matt? I don't know. I know he's got two castles, so he's got two regions. I don't know what other plots he has. But yeah, I got to make sure I keep ahead of Matt Clark. That's, it's very important to me. <laughs>
There was a, a couple months ago. There was like a, a momentary blip in the market where his 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 deck value was higher than mine, and I felt bad about that. So you know, <laughs> I have to make sure that I don't get uh, get smoked. But you know, I th I think we're gonna sell out here of Untamed quickly. I would say so. We got one hundred ninety thousand packs to go. You know, I would not be surprised if it's if it sells out by you know end of June. You know, could be middle of June even. You know, if we're going at 10,000 packs a day, then that would put the next or the last airdrop at, you know, next Thursday, something like that. And then the final, the final uh, 100,000 would go in another, you know, seven days after that. So like two and a half weeks from now. So, I mean, it's entirely possible that uh, I feel like channeling my inner Rogan there. It's entirely possible that the Untamed sells out here in like two and a half weeks. And then we ha will have a break of some indeterminate period, and then Chaos Legion will launch. Uh, interesting question somebody asked in the Discord earlier of Aggro to, it is if there will be a Kickstarter for for Chaos Legion. And he said, you know, or from what I understood of what he said, he said probably not, just because of the amount of work involved of organizing that kind of thing, and you know they have enough that all their plates already. So so yeah. I, I, I love the promotional cards. I, I love having special sets like that, but obviously it is more work for the team to do. But, you know, once governance is a thing, maybe that's a thing that could be proposed. It's like, you know, it's like you could have you could have governance proposed design. You know, you have you have let's say you want to do a, a spring promotional card. And so, like, I, I love the Halfling Alchemist. I think that is one of my favorite cards because one, it's extremely limited and it was special to that time. And, oh, there you go. Uh, Matt Clark has 64 plots to my 38. So, curse you, Matt Clark. Uh, <laughs> no, but, so, you know, we, we, could, we could create a promotional card, you know, by, I, I, I hate the idea of designing anything by committee, but, you know, somebody could create a proposal, say, one, do we want a promotional card? Yes. Then you say, okay, you know, you could pass up, you could create a proposal for each different things. Like, well, you know, what splinter would it be? Uh, what, what would the mana cost be? Would it be attack? Would it be melee or magic or ranged? And, you know, you could go through every design parameter that way. And then you could submit, you know, artwork and, you know, people could vote on whichever, whichever artwork they like the best. And then boom, you know, all the, not all, but, you know, a, a large chunk of the work is done by the community rather than by the team directly. So, having governance having a governance system opens the door to so much by delegating the work to the community to do and so i think i think it's great you know a great future lies in the sps governance and i'm a fan so that is those were the two big updates so we got governance we got governance tokens and we got the we got the airdrop today so fun fun stuff i am looking forward to untamed selling out quickly because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the prices are doing pretty well. So if we go over to the SM Voter Hut, let's see, here we go. There's already a market cap image ready, which is handy. Yeah, you guys do all the work. <laughs> we make the decisions, you still have to make them into code. That is correct, Ron. But the decisions is a large part of it. So if, if, if Yabba is given, okay, here's the card, here's the specs, Here's the abilities. Here's the artwork. I, I mean, it seems like that would be fairly simple to implement. But the market cap is at an all-time high, 16.75 million, and just in the last couple of days. So you know, that's probably related to the airdrop news, you know, and then or to the to the governance news, I should say. So once the well, both really. Once the untamed packs sell out, then all the new players coming in. They can only buy cards from existing players, and that means prices are going to be rising up. And I am, you know, looking to <laughs> looking to benefit from that. On top of all that, V two of the rental system is coming, you know, soon. Put that in quotation marks. You know, last I heard, it was in testing, and as far as I understand, it's still in testing. So I would not be surprised to, to see, you know, something there happening soon, and. The great thing about the rental system or, or version two of the rental system is the liquidity of cards for the users. 
So, you know, from what I understand, from what Jarvis said, is that, you know, you'll have, let, let's say you want to rent a Yodenzaku, but, you know, a very expensive card and highly in demand. So you you form an agreement, say, I'm willing to pay whatever it is. Oh, yeah, but sent the details to Peak Monsters today. All right. So things are moving there. So let's say you're willing to pay a dollar a day for a Yodenzaku of whatever level. And the owner of that card agrees and delegates you the card. If for whatever reason that that delegation is revoked and the owner calls it back, then you're stuck, right? Because you you had this card and now you got to go out and find another one. Maybe you have enough funds to set up a new agreement. Maybe you don't. But the with the V2 rental system is that basically the the owner of the cards being delegated is interchangeable. So you know if if the owner pulls back the card, then a new owner will be swapped in automatically, and you as the renter won't have to, you know, create a whole new thing. So I, I think that's that's a huge benefit for players in the in creating stability of the of the cards that are being rented. So the IDs might change, but who cares? You know, I still have a level level three Yoden Zaku. That's really all I need. So I think that's gonna be great. And once people understand the power of that, I think the rental activity will will go through the roof. So I am I'm very much looking forward to that. And, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting things that can be done with that, both in terms of battle and then eventually when we get into the lands, because as you know, as we've seen, you know, we're going to need summoners and monsters staked in at least some of the lands. I think it was going to be a fair number uh, percentage wise of the lands to get uh, maximum production out of that. And, uh, and like all things, there's going to be an optimization, right? Because, you know, the, you know, how much of the increase in production from level to level of a card has to be weighed against however much more those levels cost of acquiring those cards. Because, you know, the, the, the growth curve is exponential, roughly. So, you know, it takes, you know, for an untamed common, it takes 400 cards for, to max out. But that same card can max out or can be level five with 25 cards. So, you know, it's, you know, even though going from level, whatever, level five to level 10, you know, increases abilities and everything, but it's not, it's not just double, you know, it's, it's whatever, 16 times. Uh, so, you know, the net net of all that is that there's going to be an optimization to be done between, you know, what levels of cards that you want staked on the lands, those costs of those, the costs of those cards and the uh, production increases those cards bring so obviously whenever there's an optimization to be done computers are going to be best at it so i imagine that i will be able to talk gerber into creating something <laughs> to do that math uh, because it's going to be changing on a on a you know on a regular basis so it's going to be a lot to keep track of especially if you have two regions so i actually don't know what matt clark's plans are uh, i don't know if he's keeping both but i'm hoping to keep both of mine and then we'll see when we get the map claim, which might be delayed, I think, by like a month because of the government stuff. When we get the map claim, I think we'll know a lot more about how the whole thing's going to work. But we are down to 21,602 plots remaining. And, you know, I had this I had this wild prediction that Untamed and Lands were going to sell out at the same time or within a week of each other. It doesn't look like that's happening. <laughs> I, think, I think Untamed is going to sell out. Lands might sell out by the, by the time Chaos Legion launches. You know that that could be a thing but the, you know we'll we'll see how all that goes but you know if you're looking to get some lands it's time you know i i've actually ended up spending more because of waiting because you know I, on the third airdrop or not not airdrop on the third land pre-sale i could have gotten them cheaper and with the bat sale i could have gotten them cheaper but you know hesitation you know costs uh, but that's okay because you know that same money you know made me a bunch in the meantime so that's that's okay you know the the thing that was really holding me back with the with the region purchase was the opportunity cost because you know it's like well that fifteen thousand dec could be working somewhere else and you know in DeFi, you know we make pretty good returns so it's it's a little bit difficult to to make that justification but now that we have governance tokens that adds an extra layer to the incentive to holding land because now Instead of let's see for for land plots, if if I now have two thousand, that gives me twenty million airdrop points as opposed to ten million airdrop points. So that is a good chunk. <laughs> so 
that is uh, that is exciting stuff. And you know, I I can imagine a situation where regions as a whole, once we have the map claim, will be traded back and forth. So like for my own plans, you know, I've got these thirty eight extras. I was thinking is like, well, do I do I you know just sell off the plots those thirty eight plots because you know thirty eight. Uh, it's compared to the 2000 is, you know, a relatively small amount. So I could sell them on the secondary market and, you know, make, you know, recoup whatever my investment was. Actually, my investment in those was zero because those were all rewards for providing liquidity. But I could, I could make some DEC there and then I could, you know, use that for, for whatever else. But I realized that, no, I, I want to, I want to roll the dice. I'll, I'll claim them on the map, see what they are, see how those compare to my two regions, because maybe... I get lucky and those 38 plots contain like the one or two things that I didn't have in my two regions, in which case I want to keep those or I'll be able to trade, you know, known items for known items and, you know, plot wise and be able to, to, to capture any missing resources. So, you know, it's open them up. They might be legendary. You never know. Probably not, <laughs> but, but it could happen. You know, my, my luck with the RNG is not good. In fact, I, I believe I got the absolute minimum on the airdrop today on the Gorlodon, but you know, I, I'm, I'm still, I, I guess hope springs eternal, right? Where I'm, I'm willing to take the gamble. And, you know, with, with all the different types of, of land plots, it's likely that I will cover the vast majority of them with having two regions, but there might be one or two or three that I'm missing. And, and then having those 38 extras opens up the possibility to, to capture those on claim or trading for them after the claim. So yeah, keeping my, keeping my, my 38 extras to be determined after we know more basically. So I am super excited about lands. I'm super excited about governance and, you know, those two things together. I think dramatically alter the future of the game. So I'm I'm super happy with the direction the team's going. By having that governance on Binance Smart Chain, it it brings all the all that outside interest into Splinterlands and say, oh, you know, I, there, I, like in the in the Discord, I've seen over the last few days, I've seen people come in and it's like, oh, you have all this stuff. I mean, there's this whole ecosystem and there's this, you know, this functioning game. And then, you know, there's a rental market and you can buy and sell. And then there's the DEC and then you get stake liquidity. And, you know, it's like, it's like everything in, in crypto is kind of encapsulated in one way or another in Splinterlands. So it's, it's, it's a great project that not enough people know about. And now with this move over to BSC, more of them will know about it. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. And, you know, once we get the empire building with lands going on top of the actual collectible card game, it's just, it's just going to be bananas. And, you know, already we're seeing, you know, huge spikes in, in the market valuations. And that's when crypto in general is not doing well. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know if you guys have looked at the price of Bitcoin. I, I did my, my monthly snapshot yesterday. It was not good. <laughs> there was a large number of U.S. dollar value that is that is missing from my balance sheet now. But you know, one of the things that has counteracted that is actually the growth of my Splinterlands assets, because you know they they didn't make up for 100% of the loss, but they made up for a lot of it. So you know, this this decline in Bitcoin that we've seen has hurt everything in crypto except for Splinterlands, <laughs> as far as, at least in, in terms of my holdings anyway. Uh, Splinterlands and my stable coins, those are, those are the things that have, been done, that have been doing okay. But everything else is just ooh, coming down. So let's see, I forgot what my collection power was at now. Or not my collection power, but my collection value. BTC makes needle spreadsheet sad. It does, let me tell you. And so, you know, I'm at 220. On, on the market valuation of my my cards, which is just insanity, you know, considering I put in, you know, 30, 35, something like that years ago. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think I've bought any, I don't think I've any put any fresh fiat currency in the Splinterlands since, oh, the last time was that I, I, you know, for the Kickstarter for Untamed, I put that on a credit card, which was, I had the 5,000 level and got to design or got to input suggestions for Lear Deep Swimmer. And uh, yeah, so whenever that was, was that two years ago? Maybe, maybe less, I don't know, a while ago. <laughs> that was the last time I put, I put any fiat funds into Splinterlands. And now I've got, you know, 220,000 there, got two regions, which is gonna be 
worth, you figure, you know, something on the order of 30 grand, so 250 altogether. Well, that's, that's doing okay. And, and, you know, having a fun time at the same time, you know, playing the game. Because, you know, I, I play uh, virtually every day. I'm, I'm now in the Misfits Guild, <laughs> which is a great name. But, you know, battling it out in the, in the brawls. I, I lost my, my one gold foil fray which is very frustrating, but, you know, the, the, it's such a different game, playing between champion level and bronze level, it's like, I just, I just don't know the, how the cards interact well at the, at the bronze levels, well, really bronze, silver, or gold, I don't know, I don't know those league plays well at all, and I'm 0 for 2 on gold foil bronze phrase, so that's the best skill, absolutely. So, amazingly, we're at the end of the hour. I've just been talking and talking, and, and here we are. So, I want to thank everybody for coming, and I will try to get this recording up uh, relatively soon. But until next week, we'll see what else the team has in store for us. We'll catch you next time.